podcast. Podcast. Hello and welcome to Pumping Up the Podcast. I'm your host, Elise Eldridge, and today we're going to be breaking down Season 1, Episode 23 of Hannah Montana. It's called Schoolie Bully, and I believe that's how you're supposed to say it, (laughs) because I've never seen the word schoolie anywhere else. And I am joined today, once again, by my good friend, Alana Feynman. Hi, Alana. Hello. (laughs) Happy to be here, as per usual. Always a good time. Yes, yes. It's uh, It's been a couple weeks since we've done one of these together, so I'm very excited. And we always talk a little bit before we start recording, just because you usually watch the episode, like, right before we record. because yeah. I have very bad, like, comprehension. My long-term memory is not good. I forget it instantly. <laughs> <laughs> so this episode, this was one where... I remembered the like concept for the episode extremely well. I didn't remember much of the specifics, but it was one where I'm like, I'm sure as I watch this, it will all come flooding back to me. Uh, this <laughs> this episode notably has Roxy in it as a key player, and she's very funny in this. But I mean, we have so many thoughts on this episode, even though like it's kind of like a bottle episode, like nothing really happens. <laughs> <laughs> you're like already in a fit of laughter i just so um it's funny first of all can you hear the lawnmower going off on my end no um, okay good i live in a suburban neighborhood where at literally every second of the day there is a lawnmower going off i don't know why we cannot all just coordinate like one time one hour a day where we do it uh, but i digress um so <laughs> Uh, reminds me of our college experience. (laughs) (laughs) My my experience with this episode is a little different in the way that uh, within 10 seconds of it starting, not only did everything come flooding back to me, but it came flooding back to me aggressively. Suddenly I was like, I think this was the rerun episode I saw all the time because Mm -hmm. I remember the cracker. I remember the puppet. I remember the honeymoon sweet bed. I remember every single thing (laughs) really aggressively. And it like a ton of bricks that hit me and that really set the tone for the entire episode for me (laughs) yeah yeah this one this one was hard to process (laughs) Uh, again before we started recording I was like this is the first episode and this is now the 23rd one of these I'm doing but this is the first one where I've had to actively pause every couple of minutes to get all of my notes down (laughs) And I'm like, why this one of all episodes? Is this the one where like I've written just so much notes? Like it's, we just have so much to say. (laughs) Yeah, it really felt like because there was not much plot, every other department just went ham, you know, like all of the little bit jokes, all of like the the props department was insane. (laughs) (laughs) I really feel for whoever did the hair in this episode. Um, there's a lot of like big hair moments, uh, that like the plot calls for, uh, and like props to whoever it was that had to put that all together. Um, I guess we should just jump in. I guess we should just actually start talking about it. (laughs) We opened with Oliver making a nasty sandwich and I was like, I remember this, (laughs) even though it's 
that has nothing to do with anything. But I no, definitely I, remember the sequence of him making this gross sandwich. Me too, because the studio audience did not care for that sandwich. <laughs> and honestly, I didn't think it sounded that bad. What, like pickles, chili, and mustard? That doesn't, that's like a, that's like an exciting sloppy joe, you know? That's like not too crazy, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I'm not like a chili person because chili often has beans in it, which are like my nemesis food. Uh, so, but, but I'm sure if I liked it, like, I, I mean, there are weirder sandwiches out there for sure. Um, but, you know, Dandruff Danny enters and announces that the cracker is coming. We don't know who the cracker is yet. We are about to find out. I have to say this, I've always been a little confused because the cracker kind of looks like Emily Osment, but with brown hair. Um, And like, like, it's definitely not her because she has a different voice, but it really looks like her. And so I was always kind of like thrown off by that, you know? I don't know. Do you agree? (laughs) Uh, Now that you have brought it up, I could see it. Um, Mm -hmm. At this point in her life, Emily Osment is very small and Mm -hmm. this actor is tall taller compared to the others as i think it's in the face it's not quite but like Mm. in the face now that you've pointed it out i buy that yeah and i do want to mention that the cracker is played by i believe her name is pronounced jaylen palmer she was on four episodes of the sweet life of zag and cody uh which i thought was interesting and she also played bully kid in the film yours mine and ours so she is typecast apparently yikes Um, (laughs) but that's what we know about her (laughs) i can't recall her well i i don't know maybe when you do sweet life for your show (laughs) maybe she was the bully just a wild guess (laughs) i mean she again she seems to she only has like four acting credits though so <laughs> just like a one and done. Just like a busy two thousand eight for her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so they say that the cracker. They like say all these rumors about the cracker. Oh, it's okay, to describe the cracker, she looks like Emily Osment in the face, but she has brown hair, kind of pulled into like a low ponytail, and she's wearing like a flannel shirt that's like open and like she is very bulky and her thing is that she's always like cracking nuts with her bare hands and then like cracking her neck (laughs) she's like dressed like she's going hiking in the pacific northwest in the 90s like i can't Mm -hmm. that's what she looks like she's Mm -hmm. got like like boots like she's hiking and then like a like a puffy vest like she's hiking but she's got like real dark lipstick and like super heavy eyeliner because she's edgy yeah, because she's bad news. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, everybody everybody has said all of these things about her. They're like, she got kicked out of her old school or something. I didn't actually write down what the rumors were. But Miley feels bad for her because she knows how hard it is to be a new kid in school uh, that people make up rumors about. And apparently when Miley was new to their school, Oliver spread a rumor that Miley eats possum meat. Like, uh, <laughs> dude. <laughs> kind of rude <laughs> and his defense is like well i didn't know you then yeah but like she the thing is like okay miley moved from tennessee but i have to assume that miley like didn't look that different or like dress that different because she's just like an ordinary child <laughs> yeah and like i assume that they moved here in order to pursue her career as a musician right like yeah so it's I'm not like guess. she was 
dressed as like a hillbilly. <laughs> I, in any case, my, Miley is like, this is maybe the most outwardly nice we've seen Miley be to anyone, which I think is interesting. Yeah. Miley, Miley's like, I'm going to go over and welcome her to the school and introduce myself and, you know, try and make conversation because I know how it feels. I, Again, like, this is the most nice we've, like, ever seen Miley be without, like, having to learn a lesson first. <laughs> like, she's she just is genuinely being friendly to the cracker. She goes over and she's like, well, oh, before she goes over, I do want to mention she's like, even if she is a bully, she won't pull anything on me because Mrs. Rush, some teacher is sitting in the cafeteria. And we cut to Mrs. Rush, who's like wearing glasses and is like attempting to pour water into a glass, but it's just like a foot away from the glass where she's pouring it. Yeah, Mrs. Rush (laughs) is legally blind, from what we can tell. (laughs) That is a problem. I did think it was just an interesting little gag to put in there because she comes up a couple of times in this episode and it's not like she's a recurring character. They're just like, hey, it'll be funny if we have a teacher who's like legally blind and doesn't seem to know it. Well, it it, it suggests that she is so like her vision is so impaired that she would not even be able to tell like figures that are what, like 15 feet away from her, she wouldn't even be able to tell what motions they're doing. Like if there was a child beating up another child, she Mm -hmm. doesn't have the vision to detail what that looks like in that close of a proximity. So that is like a legitimate medical problem that I hope (laughs) she is receiving adequate care for. I hope she didn't drive here to school today. Oh my God, right? How did she get to school? (laughs) How did she do anything? How did she find her classroom? If she like... She probably can't read numbers on doors if she can't even tell, you know, like, what five-foot figures are doing 15 feet away from her. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I don't have very good eyesight. I'm very, very nearsighted. But <laughs> people are always like, oh, how many fingers am I holding up? I'm like, it's that's not how vision works. <laughs> like, I can still see shapes. <laughs> I can still, like... See outlines of things. I just can't see detail from far away. But this woman is fucking blind. (laughs) I don't think she would be able to tell how many fingers you're holding up. I know. And I'm like, there's only one word for that. (laughs) (laughs) That's something glasses cannot fix, I don't think. I think that's like, (laughs) that's surgery or that's just like getting a dog about it, you know? Like, it's, it's one of those. It's not there's she's wearing glasses and it's like well what kind of fucking glasses are they yeah (laughs) fixing things oh man they should really update that teacher's health insurance make sure that there's a vision plan included (laughs) get the union on that baby (laughs) oh my god uh so okay now that we've thoroughly (laughs) talked about mrs rush also before miley walks over oliver's like i'll write your will for you Miley and Lily's like oh I'll take all of her shoes <laughs> implying that Miley is going to literally meet her death right now um <laughs> the cracker is just sitting there at her table again just like silently cracking nuts in her hands she doesn't appear to be eating them she just like likes the feeling of cracking them 
Yeah, the receptacle that she has in front of her is a toolbox. Like everyone else has like their lunches and their lunch receptacles. And she has like a silver, like like a stainless steel toolbox. We don't but like a guy that. who's gonna yeah. like eat his lunch on the side of a building. Yeah, I assume she keeps nuts in there and nothing else, unless she has like other specific like tools for cracking, which I think is the assumption. Um, but I did make note of the toolbox that she brought to school with her. Yeah, yeah. She Miley goes over, she's being friendly, and the cracker's like, Do you have any lipstick? And Miley's like, Oh yeah, sure, here you can borrow mine. And the cracker's big bully move that we cut to is that she like just put lipstick all over Miley's face. We don't see it happen. We just see like the end result of there being lipstick all over her face. But like, I want to see it happen because I need to know like what occurred in order for Miley to just, because it seemed like Miley just sat there and took it. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Like Miley, why wouldn't she like push her away or like just run away she just sat there as she moved the lipstick all over her face like if that was happening to me i would like put up a fight you know yeah and the whole crux of this episode is miley trying to figure out ways to get this girl to stop bullying her and she's missing the point of like she could just push her away like yeah like she's not actually gonna break your leg miley like (laughs) she's not gonna go to jail like just just put up a little bit of a fight because every time that we see the aftermath of one of the crackers like bully moves it's like but how did that end up happening without you getting away like you like you like you could have gotten away no problem but instead, you're just sitting there with lipstick on your face. Yeah, all of them would require the cracker to, like, grab hold of Miley and restrain her in some way. Like, it would all... It's, none of them are, like, quick pranks, you know? No, they're all time-consuming. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the other issue with that is that 100% of them happen in front of a gigantic crowd of kids. Yeah, there's tons of witnesses. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, okay, so... The the end result is that Miley realizes that she should have just told the principal in the first place. <laughs> like, that's, like, the lesson she learns is, like, go to the principal when you have trouble. Which, like, <laughs> okay. Um, but she was like, no, I don't want to be a snitch. And it's like, well, but everyone saw it. Every single time that this has happened, it's, like, been in the cafeteria or in a crowded hallway between classes. You have so many corroborating witnesses. Like, anyone could have gone to the principal like it's not like anyone could have been like hey principal a kid is being harassed and I, I was gonna say beat up but like she doesn't even get beat up <laughs> well at least this is a classic example of what you learn in psychology 101 on the first day which is the bystander effect which is right. where everyone <laughs> yes. watching assumes that someone else will do something about it so nobody does anything about it and that's why how doesn't Oliver do something about it <laughs> These are his friends this is happening to. Anyway. <laughs> I love that we're on like minute three of this episode. I know. This is this is the thing is that like this episode is fucking bonkers. Um, and like not even in like a way where we could like get into conspiracy theories and like that kind of bonkers. No, it's like this is just run of the mill bonkers where it's like what is happening here? What is what is the story? <laughs> I know. I've, I had to leave my tinfoil hat at home. I don't think that there's space for a Hannah Montana conspiracy hour this time. 
I'll have to pick strategically about the next time I have you on. Um, <laughs> um, so, yeah. And I mean, that that's like where we are left when we go into Best of Both Worlds is like Miley sitting there with lipstick on her face like, oh, she got me. Because <laughs> um, the next thing we get after the theme song is Roxy is at the house and she's on the phone with Robbie Ray because Robbie Ray and Jackson are on a father-son fishing trip. So Roxy is there to look after Miley. And Miley enters and it's a different prank than what had happened before. I guess prank's not the right word, but like I can't think of like what's more appropriate than prank in this situation. Just like a bully antic, you know, like being stuffed into a locker, like that sort of thing. Yeah, so Miley enters and her arms are like up above her head, tied together with Miley's own hair. That's my nightmare, man. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty bad. And Roxy's like, didn't anyone try and help you? And Lily enters and she has the same situation with her hair and her arms. And she's like, that would be me. <laughs> uh, Roxy's like you sh- why didn't you go to the principal and Miley's like I don't want to be a snitch she literally says I don't want to be a snitch which I think is funny because it's it's like one thing if some kids are like having fun in a way that isn't strictly uh in line with school rules and you don't want to snitch on them for just like goofing off it's another when like one student is bullying like every other student in the school yeah. Like, you're not, no one's going to be mad at you for snitching on the single bully. <laughs> like, you know, it's it's a different situation than, you know, if people are just breaking rules for fun. Yeah. It's like, kids don't break your rules, but, <laughs> but like, who cares? <laughs> Unless it's, like, against, like, adult law, then it's not really a problem, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's not really going to affect anything. But, yeah, so... Roxy's whole thing Roxy is like you need to go to the principal she's like I'll I I can't have Roxy come to school with me I can't have my bodyguard go to school with me she's Miley not Hannah in this instance as she says and this this brought up something for me which I had recently thought about that I don't think we talked about at the time which is that Roxy has been at many of like Miley's life events where lots of kids from school are there like when Miley had that birthday party in the mannequin episode, right? Literally everyone from her school was invited and Roxy was there and Roxy was like defending Miley. And in the same episode, she was Hannah Montana's bodyguard at a very heavily attended event. And I'm like, oh, boy, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm like, Hmm, <laughs> we're getting into some territory where maybe the secret is like not super well protected. Uh, And I certainly think Roxy should be spending more time with this family and with her client, which is Miley slash Hannah Montana, because she's constantly in these situations where she really needs a bodyguard. However, (laughs) it does bring into question how well the secret is being maintained if Roxy is going everywhere. And as we, the rest of the episode is Roxy at school with them. Uh, pretending to be another student, which again comes back to everybody saw Roxy at Miley's birthday party and knows that she's like an adult woman. 
<laughs> they all saw her there. She like broke the limbo stick and everyone clapped. <laughs> remember? I do remember. <laughs> so I I agree with you. Um, but I also don't think that it's the same like level of stakes mm-hmm. as it is with like Robbie or Jackson. Um, yeah. I think that you could easily say like Roxy's just a this lady that she keeps showing up is just a family friend. Yeah. Uh, I think that would be easier to like trick the paparazzi about. I think it'd be easy to trick teenage kids about. Because um, I mean, I as someone who heavily subscribes to pop culture and also follow celebrities, the mm-hmm. only like bodyguard of a celebrity that I could name for you was Big Rob for the Jonas Brothers and that was because he was featured on their hit single Burning Up because he was like like part of like the brand and like right in the art um Mm -hmm. otherwise I would have no idea you know I would never think to pay attention to that um and I think because of that it would be easy to lie about if someone was like maybe suspicious yeah, and I, I think your interpretation of that is correct. Although I I think, yeah, I think in terms of the secret, it probably isn't the biggest liability. However, I do maintain that these kids at school would be like, hey, you were at Miley's birthday party. You're not a kid. <laughs> <laughs> I could see where it would get dicey if like, um, sorry, I just recently listened to the episode from like two weeks ago with Alex uh Mellorist, mm-hmm. where Jackson and Miley were like dating which was great yeah. <laughs> um, um but like I think the only I think it would become an issue if like Jackson and Roxy were photographed together because now that mm-hmm. Jackson is in the public eye as someone that seems to have a connection with Hannah Montana and then all of a sudden Jackson who's probably like a low-rate celebrity now could get photographed at the places where all of these people are with Robbie Ray with also Roxy and then that would just take one like you know certain investigative journalists to be like that's weird that's what i'm all connected you know that's the thing is that that investigative journalist if this if this were like a prime time show if this were like an actual series that's like not necessarily for children but for like a wider audience that would be the like through line of the whole series would be this investigative journalist slowly putting the pieces together and like building an expose. And like, we kind of got a taste of that with Bree Samuels in the Jake Ryan episode. But like, to me, I'm like, wouldn't that woman have some follow-up questions? <laughs> Cause like there have since been so many additional connections that it would be so easy for her to just sneak around for like one evening around a Hannah Montana show and see all of these people that are interconnected that she all saw at that one house that afternoon. And she'd be like, oh, they were messing with me. This actually is Hannah Montana. (laughs) Can you imagine Hannah Montana, but through the lens of like Shonda Rhimes? That's kind of what I'm thinking. I'm thinking like a scandal type show. Where, like, it's Hannah Montana, but there's this, like, reporter, like, on her tail about this, you know? <laughs> I'd watch that. I'd watch the shit I out know. of that. That feels very much in the same energy as, like, you know how Allie and AJ just released an explicit version of yes. the breakup song? That's yes. the reboot that I'm looking for. Yeah, I feel like I feel like that is kind of the natural, because reboots are just fucking everywhere right now. Reboots and revivals and all that. 
And I think if they were to do that for Hannah Montana, it would be something like that. You know, it would. <laughs> and I mean, like, RIP the Lizzie McGuire reboot. Um, I'm, I'm like still sad that we'll never, never get to see like the artistic vision of like a grown up Lizzie McGuire because that's yeah. so extremely my shit. But you know what? Also, kudos to them for not compromising on their vision. Like, I'm sad I won't get to see it, but I would rather not get to see it than see some watered-down, sanitized version of the story we deserve. I think we have Hillary Duff to thank for that. I think she was the one that was like, this is not how it's supposed to be, so I'm out. I'm outie. I I really appreciate that. I'm always a bit of a Hillary Duff stan, so... (laughs) (laughs) Let the rain fall down and wake my dreams, you know? Oh my god, yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so where are we? We're still we're still in like the second scene of the episode, dude. We're 26 minutes in. We're at like the second scene. Oh my god. Okay. Uh <laughs> I'm not sorry. <laughs> so Miley is like, hey Roxy, why don't you teach me some of your moves so that I can fight back against the cracker? Um, we get the line Roxy like a puma like 50 times in this episode. It is the catchphrase report is here and in full force. I should have actually <laughs> counted how many times they said Roxy like a puma because it was so many. Roxy does like this thing where she like moves her hands in the air and then she snaps her fingers and a pineapple falls into like four even slices. <laughs> I died. <laughs> it was very cool. <laughs> Because, like, enough time goes by, she, like, does her move, and then Miley and Lily are like, what the fuck was that? And then she does the snap, like, a few seconds later, and then it perfectly falls. It's the the props department, man. (laughs) Yeah, they did a very good job with that. Um, (laughs) She's like, okay, fine, I'll teach you a move. And then I I did notice that in this, Roxy next to Miley and Lily is so short. She is... Like, I think she's taller only than, like, Rico is, like, the only character on this that she's taller she than. a short lady. She's so, so tiny. Um, but so the move she teaches them is to run away screaming for the principal. <laughs> um, and so she's like, okay, Roxy. And then Miley to Lily is like, you know, I don't have to be a puma. I just have to make the cracker think that I'm a puma. And I'm like, this is not going to go well. <laughs> there's, there's no way that this goes well. Um, and yeah, skipping over the B plot, uh, just to say the way that Miley attempts to trick the cracker into thinking that Miley is a puma is by walking around like a crazy person and just like moving her arms and being like, hi-ya, 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 and, like, not actually doing anything. <laughs> See, this disappointed me because, um, I mean, I knew how the episode was going to go. But a no. tiny part in my heart made, like, I, 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 I hoped so deeply deep down that uh, the plan would be that she would, like, dress up like the cracker or do some sort of, like, big change yeah. to be like, I'm like you, bitch. Like, get out of my yeah. way. Um, yeah. No, because what she does is so weak. It's like not even she's like not even really trying. Like if I were that bully, I would also be like, yeah, it's time to bully you again. Clearly, no, yeah, and we get like a POV shot like from the cracker. We're like, like looking at Miley and Lily through the cracker's eyes, and 
I'm like, yeah, I mean, if this is what was approaching me, trying to be like, aren't you scared because I'm moving my arms? <laughs> like a crazy person. <laughs> yeah, I'd fucking bully you. <laughs> like, I'd be like, what are you, a dork? Like, come on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Get out of my fucking way. <laughs> Seriously. So the next time we see Miley and Lily, their hair is like tied together to each other in like a giant like rat's nest between them. Oh god. It's, uh, my my it's my brain. Yeah. <laughs> I I seriously I was like, it looks so bad. It looks like it they can like the only way to fix this is to like cut them apart. Yeah. Which is not ideal. <laughs> like, like they both are gonna get like a full transformative haircut because of how bad this is. But Dandruff Denny, Danny enters and announces that there's another new girl in school, and it's Roxy. <laughs> and I have to say, Roxy's entrance in this scene, yeah, Roxy's entrance in this scene made me laugh out loud hard. Like I was like. <laughs> I like had to pause because I was laughing so hard at her entrance. So she enters. Her hair is in these like big pigtails with like really large bows. <laughs> and she's holding a skateboard. And she says, what up, girls? Where do I park my board? <laughs> you know that scene in 30 Rock where Steve how Buscemi? Do uh, how do you do, fellow kids? <laughs> Oh my god. Oh my god. It was so funny. The where do I park my board? Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> where do I park my board? <laughs> this is like one of those god tier Hannah Montana lines. It's like up there with like Jackson saying his husband Morris invented the Morse code for me. Like these are like these are like uh, on another level for me. <laughs> They're so good. <laughs> I have a lot of questions about the logistics that had to go into Roxy enrolling as a student. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like I need to almost not think about it because how, how, how could she have done that? I mean, yeah, so I, I very early on in this plot picked up on, I don't know if... I don't know. Is, is it fair for me to say that I picked up on it when, like, I had seen this episode, like, 15 years ago? And so I, tech in the recesses of my brain, already knew it was going to happen. But I, I figured out very early on that Roxy was trying to trick Miley by annoying her so much into going to the principal about the bully. Uh, because Roxy being there couldn't permanently help her. Um, but that that raised an element for me where it's like, did Roxy maybe... Like, but that also doesn't make sense. I was like, did Roxy maybe go to the principal and was like, hey, I'm the bodyguard of one of your students and I happen to know she's being bullied. Can I teach her a lesson about going to you for help? But then I'm like, but wouldn't the principal just want to cut the bully off instead of teaching this one student a lesson? Like, I, so then I'm like, well, how did Roxy, she has no visitor's badge. <laughs> she, she, she has no credentials. She is posing as a student to all of the students, but I'm sure every faculty member at this school recognizes this as a middle-aged woman. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what gives? Like, does she go to classes? It kind of sounds like she does. Because there's one line at the end where uh, after 
Roxy has put like a tracking device on Miley. Yeah, and she's Miley like, we don't down. have PE right now. <laughs> yeah. So they go to classes. She follows her. They have, she has the same schedule as Miley. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I was very confused by it. Uh, yeah. To the point where it's like, yeah, I almost can't think about this because it, there's no answer. There's no solution. Yeah. I'm just grasping my straws. <laughs> yeah. The only way it would be possible. The only two possible options are A, uh, she's convinced everybody. She convinced the principal and like the registrar and everyone that she's a child, in which mm-hmm. case she would have probably needed an adult to be there with her. And who would that adult have been? Robbie Ray's out of town. Like, I can't be him. Rico on someone's shoulders in a trench coat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, unless <laughs> could you imagine? <laughs> What a buddy comedy. I was like posing as Roxy's father. Oh my God. See, I I love that pairing, honestly. <laughs> I know that we'll never see it, but God, I want that so bad. I I really hope there's some episode where Rico and Roxy are in the same A plot or B plot together. That would be so much fun. <laughs> They're both just little hams. <laughs> Um, so <laughs> right after Roxy arrives and is like, where do I put my board? Um, <laughs> she, she pulls out a hair pick and does like one of those like sped up moves where it's just like her, like moving around really fast around their heads and she separates their hair and gives each of them a braid and their hair looks very nice. And she goes, that's my signature. Float like a butterfly, braid with a bead. And I'm like, so you have to do this often? You do this often <laughs> enough that you have a signature for when you braid someone's hair in a fast motion montage? Well, see, I, I could buy that because, I mean, she is a black woman and black women have, you know, they have to do their hair differently than white people. Um, so chances are she, I assume, has like a rich family life. Maybe she does have to do a lot of that. Um, I could see a universe where that's true. My point was simply, <laughs> she says it like like this whole routine is like commonplace for her. Like a and deep the routine was detaching yeah, two people whose hair was stuck together in a giant rat's nest and then separating them, smoothing the hair, and giving each of them a braid with a bead. <laughs> like... <laughs> Like that, that can't happen that often. I mean, come on. It's her family like very rowdy and they're like always like bullying each other like the cracker does. Like, I don't know. But look, I'm here for the Roxy backstory episode. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be fun. <laughs> um, I I mentioned here in my notes because they simply go from one hallway in the school back into the cafeteria and there is transition music for this portion when they're just walking like six feet away. I was like, this is too much transition music. <laughs> it's because they had no plot left. They were just trying to kill some time, I think. Just cut to them walking into the cafeteria. <laughs> uh, and I'll also say that in this first block of... Uh, time after the theme song we get two separate cutaways to the b plot as the a plot is happening just in this one first segment so between those two transition musics and then the transition music going from the hallway into the cafeteria that is three in the space of like maybe six minutes (laughs) good (laughs) (laughs) like that's that's a lot of yeah, 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 yes. You know, for like such a tight turnaround. Whoa, whoa. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Roxy goes to intimidate the cracker. And Roxy's way of doing this is by crushing a baseball in a single hand. She, like, <laughs> turns it to dust. <laughs> Same. Honestly. <laughs> right. And the cracker's like, I'm not scared of you. But then Roxy gives her, like, a really intense look. And the cracker runs away looking like she might cry. <laughs> and they're like, wow, Roxy. And Roxy says, I used ESP, extrasensory puma. <laughs> I'm going to start saying that. <laughs> extrasensory puma. Mm-hmm. My new band name. Oh, that's good. That's fun. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, we've, we've like arrived. We're in like full effect puma now. The puma is like... Most of her lines. Yep. Um, and I immediately was like, but this can only work for as long as Roxy goes to school with them. And of course, that's part of the plot. But I was like, mm, guys. Uh, so then in another scene, they're in the hall. Uh, Miley and Lily are over by one of their lockers. And Lily's like, it's Troy McCann. He's so cute. And this boy we've never seen before walks up to them. And he's like like a legit middle schooler. Like he yeah. looks <laughs> like you could go into any middle school and pluck this boy out. Like he looks just to a T. He's got like the long shaggy hair. Um, Lily's like, he's so cute. I'm like. I didn't buy it. <laughs> no. <laughs> he's cute in the way that skinny white boys are, you know. <laughs> Whatever. He's, he's no Jake Ryan. He's no uh, Johnny, played by Corbin Blue. Correct. You know? He's just some boy. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, his name is Troy McCann. Just some like kid off the street, you know? Yeah. They, like honestly, <laughs> um, he invites them to come to a party that the basketball team is having this weekend. Sounds like fun. But Roxy, of course, intervenes. And she's, of course, super against everything at the school because it could be dangerous, uh, which I'm surprised it took this long to get to this point because in previous episodes, Roxy is like on everything all the time about its potential dangers. But so obviously turning away a cute boy who wanted to invite these two girls to a basketball party <laughs> was a bit of a line for Miley and Lily. Because <laughs> they're not the most popular girls. I st- I've no, I-, I never have any sort of resolution as to what their social standing is. Yeah, and I just have the thought, like, do you think Miley's social standing has gone up at all because of the whole Jake Ryan thing? Do you think that people maybe think she's cooler because Jake Ryan was so into her when he was at school and everybody loved him? I guess. I mean, now that he's gone, I think that that has, they've forgotten instantly. Um, <laughs> Nobody mentions him. <laughs> Because, like, if she were, like, actually cool and people actually, like, genuinely liked her, I feel like Mm -hmm. more people would step in to defend her from the cracker. Yeah, I think you're right. But she seems to just always fly under the radar to the point where no one cares enough to stop that. Yeah, yeah. Because it's not like they're like, wow, the cracker is bullying Miley. It seems like they're just thinking, like, the cracker's bullying some girl, you know? (laughs) Like, not of interest anymore. Yeah, exactly. One of the other things Roxy does is she pulls out a pair of, like, nurse shoes from her bag, and she's like, Miley, these are for you. Change into these because your current shoes are too dangerous. You could slip and break your hip. 
which actually happened to one of the teachers in my high school. Um, no. Somebody left some food on the floor and she slipped on it and fell and like was like out for like several months because oh, she no. broke her head. Yeah, like it actually happened at my school. I like witnessed it. It was really bad. Um, <laughs> but I don't think that would have been solved if she was wearing nurse's shoes because she like slipped on food. So did she slip on a banana peel? No, it was like a burrito or something. Oh, that's worse. <laughs> I have with a banana peel. fallen in, like nearly injured myself from stepping and slipping on a banana peel. <laughs> I did it actually in front of Jones. Like my junior year of college or something. <laughs> oh man. Uh yeah. I'm I'm like, I don't think I've ever slipped on a banana peel. I've I've slipped on plenty of other things. It's legitimately the funniest thing that's ever happened to me. <laughs> One time I was at my mom's house and her like floor on like the upper level of her house is very slippery and I was holding like a glass of champagne that I had just filled and it was like Veuve Clicquot it was like very expensive and I slipped walking down a step and I like wiped out (laughs) it was bad (laughs) anyway (laughs) um so yeah she goes through the nurse's shoes and I, this was where I was like, oh, she's trying to teach them a lesson so that they just go to the principal themselves so that they can get Roxy out of the school. Which, like, honestly, very smart Roxy plan because she's acting like she would normally, but she's sure. doing it with intent this time. I, I have to skip over in my notes where the B plot is happening. Okay, so the next thing that happens is it's a new day at school and. Lily's like, wow, Miley, that's a cute outfit you're wearing. And she's like, yeah, I thought so too. And then Roxy enters and she's wearing the exact same outfit, which I really want to know where she got the identical outfit. Like instantly. Yeah. (laughs) It was enough for her to come downstairs that morning for Roxy to be like, I like that outfit. I want an identical one. And then that morning they could still go to school together. Yeah. I kind of was wondering if like Roxy maybe has some outfits like on hand already that are the same as Miley's for like some sort of security scheme. I don't know because (laughs) no one would confuse them for being the same person. No. (laughs) She is not part of the doppelganger situation. (laughs) She looks nothing like Miley. Um, (laughs) I don't know. I would love for her to join that though. I would love to have two Roxy's flown around. That would be very fun. Um, Roxy, Roxy and Rico. That's the team I want. (laughs) (laughs) yes um so and then miley is like she even put a tracking device in my hair clip and so miley now is like well now i like really need to go to the principal but the cracker isn't bullying anyone because roxy's here so what they did is they put the tracking device for miley's hair onto another girl and Miley is like, I'm going to go get beat up by the cracker. You go get the principal and bring them in. So that way they catch her in the act. Lily, I guess, takes too long to find the principal because the cracker, again, I'm like, because they just cut to like the end result. I'm like, how did this happen? And in this instance, I'm like, okay, Miley probably didn't want to resist because she wanted the cracker to get caught. But still, did the cracker just, like, politely ask her to get up on the salad bar? Or did she, like, hoist her up and, like, thunk her down? (laughs) I hope it was the latter. My guess is it was probably the latter. 
Yeah, so the cracker puts Miley on, like, the salad bar in the cafeteria. She, like, puts lettuce and vegetables all over her and then dumps salad dressing on her. Which, this is this is such an elaborate way to bully someone. And, like, yeah, I mean, de- like, it was a very easy way to get caught because it's so, like, there's so much to it, you know? And, well, like... Clearly, the cracker doesn't give a singular shit about getting caught. Like, that's the thing <laughs> that I just have to, like, put to rest. Like, she doesn't give a flying fuck, clearly. Yeah. <laughs> um, But I am also equally shocked as you because in order to pull this off, like, I assume that there are, like cafeteria workers behind the bar so not only were there there, there must be other like okay sure there's the one blind teacher but another teacher could come in at any time and there are people that work in this cafeteria that i'm pretty sure would like have to stand up for the students being bullied you know they would could like come out from around the counter and be like hey yeah i'm taking you to the just like you've contaminated all the food, you know? Like now there's yeah, like your hair and your shoes and shit in it. <laughs> now that's more work for those people because they then have to clean it. Exactly. Because like someone's hair has been all over it. Yeah. Um But in any case, the Lily and the principal finally show up. <laughs> I don't know why it took them so long. But the like big reveal is that the cracker's name is Henrietta Laverne. And Lily implies that her name being Henrietta Laverne is why she's mean. And I'm like, really? (laughs) It is a really clunky line that they just sort of threw in. Yeah. Like the principal comes in and is the whole, the whole, he's like, oh, this is terrible. Like, right this way, Henrietta Laverne. Like the the double name. You're coming with me, Henrietta Laverne. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> it was like a really unnatural way to throw that in. Yeah, and it wasn't much re- of a resolution um, because she just walks away. She doesn't, like, apologize or anything. She doesn't, you know, come back later and is like, hey, you were trying to be nice to me and I was mean to you. That was wrong. It's nothing like that. They just cart her away. And Lily's like, oh, well, with a name like that, of course she's a bully. And it's like, I don't think so. <laughs> I was really hoping for some sort of, like... uh you know, redemption of the cracker where we learned yeah. something a little more about her and she came around in some way, or at least there was some kind of understanding reached and that didn't happen. Yeah. The whole, the whole point of this a plot is that Roxy needed to teach Miley that she needs to go to the principal when there's trouble at school, which like to me seems like the sort of lesson that, should maybe be geared to younger audiences than this. Yeah. Um, Because at this point, they're like 14 years old. And like, go get an adult when you need help is like kind of something they teach on like Sesame Street, you know? like it's <laughs> Yeah. And this is, you know, also just around the time when uh, school administrations just start ignoring stuff like that, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, it's it's It just felt a little young for for most of the other plots that we get on this show yeah um because roxy then of course confirms that she was just tricking miley into going to the principal of her own accord she says it was reverse roxology which was a good line (laughs) (laughs) um but but yeah i was like really that's like that's like the big takeaway from the episode is like don't be afraid to go to the principal if someone's bullying you (laughs) 
Yeah, it's also not like relatable bullying, like not to get no. all gender stereotypical about it. But if it's a Disney Channel show and you want to do something that's like relatable to your audience, you have like boys beating each other up because that's what they do. Or you have girls like so aggressively, like re- like so like relational aggression. Like, abuse. <laughs> yeah, like that would be more of a lesson. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It felt like a cheap shot, you know? Yeah, it didn't feel like there was, they had like a basic idea for this one. And then they kind of had to figure out what the lesson was. And they didn't like, they were like, oh, this is the placeholder lesson. And then they like, didn't get to the real lesson. Yeah. It just felt uh, a little, you know, I mean, there was such buildup in this episode. And then it was just like, just go to the principal. Yeah. (laughs) Like, it would have made more sense if the principal, like, like, if Miley had gone to him early on and he just, like, ignored her, yeah. you know? Like, that would have been more realistic, for starters, and would have led to Miley having to be more resourceful in taking down a bully, yeah. you know? But instead, <laughs> the lesson is just, like, go to an adult. They'll help you every time. And it's like, oh, they won't. <laughs> they definitely will not. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's worth a shot, but, you know... Don't always hold your breath on that sort of thing, especially when it's school administrators yeah. <laughs> who are often uh, not on your side. Yeah, especially, <laughs> especially like a if you're a girl. Role. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm sure we both have experiences of that being the case. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> we don't need to get into it now. But suffice sure. it to say, the lesson being just go to a school administrator. I'm like, but should you though? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, they probably man. won't give a shit. Probably um, not. So B plot time. <laughs> <laughs> Neither of us really want to talk about this. I think. I mean, we have a lot to say, but I. Oh, folks, I did not care for this one. <laughs> I did not. I did not care for it at all. Oh, oh. <laughs> so. The guys are on a fishing trip together. <laughs> I have exactly no idea where it would be. No, see, this is one of my big things is because this their plot is kicked off because they're on a father-son bonding fishing trip. They are both wearing t-shirts, Robbie of the Hawaiian variety. <laughs> <laughs> and they, I guess, can't go fishing because there was a freak snowstorm. And so they have to go inside, and the only place that they can get a room is in this, like, very shitty motel. So, yeah, I don't know where they are that they could expect to be wearing t-shirts. Yeah. And then in the same day, there's a freak snowstorm. And I assume they're within driving distance of their home in Malibu because they took their car. Yeah. Uh, So I... I have no idea where this could be. Could they have, like, gone to Nevada or something? I'm like, I don't know. My only, like, suggestion is Big Bear Mountain, which is just a mountain Mm -hmm. that is, like, slightly east of L.A. And it does get snow because it's high up enough. There might be a lake around there somewhere. There Mm -hmm. might be a Big Bear Lake. I'm not super sure. I'm not very outdoorsy, so I don't care all that much. (laughs) Um, But my guess is maybe somewhere like that. If you just go a little bit east of L.A., you do get some, like, random nature. 
you have like desert okay. national parks too. So I guess maybe mm-hmm. there, but there wouldn't be just like a freak snowstorm because it's still Southern California. There's not a lot of snow ever. Yeah. And it wouldn't be like, this is like a blizzard and there is like feet upon feet of snow. Like the roads are closed. They end up getting trapped in this room because the snow falls from the roof and completely blocks the door. It's like a lot of snow. Like a lot. Um, <laughs> so Yeah, I guess they were fishing in t-shirts in like December, you know? Like I guess the trip uh, was in the winter. There's no other explanation. I guess. It's, it's very odd. Um, but so, yeah, they have to stay at this motel. They run into like the guy who runs it or owns it or whatever the minute that guy walked on screen i was hit with such a serious wave of <laughs> like oh i remember everything <laughs> yeah um so this guy i'll go ahead and say his name is gunther the character's name is gunther i do need to tell you they don't say that his name is gunther until like the end of the episode <laughs> this whole time i'm like what who is this guy they have not told us his name and they finally say that it's gunther and i do have to bring up i looked him up on imdb he he had 228 credits on imdb he, he did very familiar he did mostly a ton of voice acting for animated stuff he was the voice of king triton in the little mermaid what Yes. Oh, man. Yes. And in all Little Mermaid spinoff materials, he, uh, I thought that was very interesting. Yeah. Um, he also had, was on like 25 episodes of Malcolm in the Middle. And he was on like an episode or two of like every show in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. <laughs> he was like a guest star on like every like big show. And he was also in Young, Young Frankenstein and The Producers, the original one. Wow. So, Yeah. Uh, he, he had a lot of credits to his name. I'll be honest. I didn't particularly care for his performance in this. So I was very surprised to see that he's actually a very prolific actor. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I don't know if that is because of his performance or because of the material he was given. It might not be. It was not good material. (laughs) (laughs) It was really not good. Yeah. Especially with the random, like, spot of ventriloquy that he had to do. Yeah. So... So this guy is very odd, and the motel that he runs is very odd, and apparently all of the rooms are being fumigated for bugs at the moment, except for one room, which is the honeymoon suite, which also has bugs in it. It just isn't being fumigated for some reason. I'm like, why can't they just go home? Like, just fucking go home. Yeah. <laughs> Robbie Ray's like, no, it's father-son bonding. I'm like, you can bond on the drive back to your house. <laughs> like, <laughs> you can play the license plate game and you can bond, okay? Like, But you don't need to torture yourselves <laughs> by staying in this very seedy ho- hotel in the honeymoon suite, which is like the very classic like TV honeymoon suite where it has like the heart-shaped bed and a disco ball. Like, it's very cliche and so they're getting settled in in there and then the guy gunther we don't know his name but it's gunther he comes back and he is holding a puppet named franklin and at this point i say it's really time to go home like just fucking go home (laughs) i mean it's 
I think Jackson it's not at some point after the puppet arrives and then Gunther leaves out the door and then Jackson locks the door and is like, tonight we are sleeping in shifts. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, I've seen this movie before and we don't make it out alive. <laughs> um, so then the next time we see them, Jackson, I guess, is sleeping in the bed and Robbie Ray is, I don't know, like doing his hair or something. And Jackson thinks that his dad is tickling his feet but it's bugs. <laughs> and I'm like, why would you think your dad was tickling your feet? Um, <laughs> and then it's funny because in my notes, I'm just like, the guy comes in. The hotel guy comes in. Because yeah. <laughs> his name. <laughs> Freaky dude. Yeah, he comes in with like a cart for breakfast. And it really looks like it's just like two tall cups. Like it just looks like it's cups, right? It looks like a There's food, no food salad or something in there. It didn't look gross at all. It it just looked like two cups. I was very confused. He was like, here's your complimentary breakfast. And Robbie still wants to go fishing, but I guess the roads are closed due to the snow. The guy shuts the door to their room with him on the inside for some reason. And we hear the snow fall from the roof in front of the door. And Jackson opens it. And it's just a wall of snow. And he's like, ah! <laughs> In like a little Jackson way. <laughs> Again, props department going ham. Yeah, yeah. So they are now trapped in the honeymoon suite with creepy puppet man. Uh, because he brought his puppet. It was like under the cloth on top of the cart. And I'm just like, why couldn't you listen to Jackson and leave and like get out of here? It's it's terrible. And I I was like, I don't like I wrote in my notes, I don't like this guy. Just because, again, we didn't have his name. (laughs) (laughs) This bitch. Yeah, and so the next scene, they're trapped with the puppet and the puppet man overnight. His ventriloquism, I should say, it's not like it's skilled ventriloquism. Like, I think it's supposed to be bad, but, like, he's just flat out moving his mouth the whole time. Like, he's just talking and also moving the puppet's mouth. And I'm like, maybe that's the joke, but it's not very much of a joke. <laughs> no, it's just that he has a puppet, you know? <laughs> yeah. And Jackson runs at the wall of snow and he gets like stuck in it <laughs> trying to leave. Uh, but then the next time we see him, he's out again. Gunther is sleeping in a chair. And as he's sleeping, he's like making the puppet make like little sleep noises they're watching something in Spanish on the TV. Robbie does like a bad Spanish accent. Jackson's like, hey, dad, we're bonding. And I'm like, why? Because you're like getting into this TV show. Like you could do that at home. <laughs> For free. Yeah. Like without this creepy man here. Yeah. And then at this point, they said the guy's name was Gunther. I think Robbie Ray was like, Gunther locked us in here or whatever. And I'm like, oh, so now we know his name. <laughs> New information to me. <laughs> the puppet is like, there's no snowplow. He never called a snowplow. The puppet's like snitching on Gunther. Um, but he tells them that there's a hole in the wall that they can crawl through to get to their car. Robbie takes like the panel off to see the hole in the wall. And the wall... The, the wall that, like, goes to the exterior of this building is, like, just made of plywood. Like, it's so... It's, it's so thin. It's in there. <laughs> like, I mean, I get... We're, like, we're like seeing a little bit behind the scenes here. Like, this is just a set that they made out of, like, 
one inch thick plywood <laughs> walls, but it looks ridiculous. It looks like the set for a high school play. Like it's <laughs> that was where they ran out of money on the props yeah. budget. They blew it all on the pineapple. <laughs> <laughs> this hole in the wall I it was so like it just it just got me for some reason I thought it was very odd um and I mean like I I got again like I get it like it's just their set on their soundstage but it was very funny so Jackson then is like we should take the puppet with us because he's helping us escape. And I'm like, are you out of your fucking mind? And Gunther's like, yeah, that's fine. Just leave $50 on the table. But he's saying it like as the puppet. And I'm like, Jackson, don't fall for this. Like, I know that you're stupid, but you don't have to be this stupid. Yeah. Robbie, Ray, Robbie Ray shouldn't let his son be this stupid. He should be like, no, you need to learn a lesson today and don't fall for stupid shit like this. <laughs> That's the bonding. <laughs> yeah, but instead Jackson leaves $50 in cash on the table and takes the puppet and leaves through the hole in the wall. And Gunther's like, hey, it works every time. And I'm like, every time? <laughs> How many puppets do you think he has? That's what I'm saying. Does he have like a closet full of like puppets just so that he can trick people into kind of buying the puppets from him? Talk about the long con. Yeah, seriously. For 50 bucks, is it worth it? <laughs> I mean, how much does the puppet cost? How much of a return on investment is he really getting from this scheme? I feel like puppets like that are like at least 100 bucks. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, it's it's a large puppet. It's not like a sock puppet or anything. It's like made of plastic and stuff, you know? Like it's, yeah, it's like a Pinocchio puppet. Like, mm-hmm. It could be a real boy if it wanted. Well, that's what Jackson thinks. <laughs> the end of the episode, the like little bumper, <laughs> is uh, the puppet wearing one of Hannah's wigs, and Jackson is making it dance to the other side of me. It's probably and I'm like, so the now they just now. have this cursed puppet in their house full time, <laughs> and they have no problems with this. And then Miley's like, I told you, don't take my stuff. And she takes the wig. But then Jackson and the puppet keep dancing. And that's the end of the episode. <laughs> the fact that the wig fits the puppet. And the fact that the puppet's head and Miley's head are the same size is amazing. I mean, they aren't. But, like, <laughs> he just, like, got it on there just right. At, like, the right <laughs> angle or something. Because the puppet's head is definitely smaller than Miley's head. Okay? <laughs> oh, my God. It, I, I, I didn't care for it. <laughs> but that's it. That's that's the end of the episode. Oh man, <laughs> how did we take so little material? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not not very much actually happened in this. It just was like so <laughs> baffling. Do you have any final thoughts? Do you have things that we didn't talk about that we need to address? No, I think that we have very extensively covered it, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. We don't have to talk about it anymore. Yeah, <laughs> we can I, move on with our lives. I think it's impressive that for some reason, like, the sum of its parts didn't add up to anything that was good. But each part individually was so, like, beautifully insane. <laughs> I don't know how they didn't fit together, but the individual pieces, incredible. 
Yeah, it wasn't a very successful episode, <laughs> but it did have a lot of good moments. It did. I mean, it had a lot of bad moments, but it had a lot of good moments as well. And I think we can owe most of that to Roxy. Uh, she was very fun. Agreed. Well. <laughs> yeah, I think that's it for talk. <laughs> Awesome. Well, <laughs> Alana, do you want to let people know where they can find you? Yeah, of course. Uh, you can find me on pretty much every social media platform at Alana Fine Woman, like fine man, but I'm a lady. Um, I've sort of fallen into some recent near TikTok fame buzz. I've had like a restaurant sketch comedy series that's taken off a little bit. Uh, so if you wanted to check that out on TikTok, that would be super awesome. Thank you. Um, I also run a couple of my own podcasts. I am one of the hosts of TBTV Throwback Television, where we talk about shows sort of similar to this one. So if you're looking to get your fix about other Disney Channel shows, hop on over there, see what we're... Come check us out. Elise has been a guest on that at least once. We're hoping to have her back. She was a very good guest. <laughs> Um, and I also am one of the hosts of It's Broadway Bitch. You can find those wherever you find your podcasts. Just search TBTV Throwback Television and It's Broadway Bitch with an uh, asterisk instead of the I in bitch because it's a family show. <laughs> <laughs> is it a family show? Not even a little bit. God is yeah, not in that show. <laughs> My co-host uh, has some strong feelings and she uses strong language in order to express them. <laughs> I mean, don't we all? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's great. Thank you so much for being on my show yet again. Always, always a pleasure. I always have fun. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you so much to all of you for tuning into today's episode of Pumping Up the Podcast. I hope you will join us next week for season one, episode 24 of Hannah Montana. It's called The Idol Side of Me uh lots of plays on that particular song lately and that that of course will be out monday 9 a.m uh and in the meantime if you want to go ahead and give us a follow on twitter at pumping up the pod or on instagram at pumping up the podcast that would be much appreciated i uh post lots of screenshots from the episodes on there for you to check out and if you feel like following me on twitter you can find me at lovely lisi or on instagram at actor elise and uh yeah feel free to leave us a review on apple or like i don't know where what all you can do with the other ones <laughs> i mostly listen through apple or spotify but whatever the metrics are feel free to do them i appreciate it i see you guys <laughs> and uh in the meantime keep on pumping up the party <laughs>